Hello, I'm Aileen O'Mara and welcome to Clarence Street Stories. This is my podcast about people, events and news here at Clarence Street in the oldest part of Dunleary. People in business and politics and stories from the street. Katrina Furlong is this month's story. Her company is called Yours Personally and she's here with me today. Welcome to Thank Clarence Street Thank you very Street much. Thanks, Katrina. Introduce yourself first. Tell me a bit about yourself. Well, I suppose my name is Katrina Furlong. I'm Dunleary based. I was born in Dunleary. Um, presently live now in Ashford, but Dunleary is my home and also is my business. Um, I am in business a little over 25 years. The company I run is a furniture manufacturers making bespoke sofas. And it also has a showrooms where I um, show the different products that we make. Um, also shows a curtaining variety of books that we do, uh, fabrics, wallpapers. And the area that I really love is going into people's houses and helping them do up their house. Mm-hmm. So you've been in a business that over the years has had to go through the recession and yes. you've bu- but you've built it up and you are really a part of Dunleary. Very much so. Um, when I started back in 89, I was young, loads of energy, um, didn't have children at that stage, wasn't married um, and started the, the business through... A necessity more so than anything. I uh, My background is environmental science. I did five years doing science, one three years doing environmental management, two years doing environmental science. But at the time, there was really no, no jobs in that area at all. You know, nobody had heard of impact assessments and all the things that we now need f- for planning. So um, my parents um, had a small furniture shop themselves and had dealt with carpet as well. And that was how I made my pocket money. And it was like, well, here's something I know. Mm-hmm. I, uh, as a child, I was really creative, always making dresses. And um, my father's background was construction. So again, I would know construction inside out. So although I might be going in and doing somebody's house, I could advise whether a wall could be knocked down or all the other areas that would need that one might need to know so um yeah basically it started and I was really really lucky um I didn't have much wants in 89 so didn't have to work for much money or make much money um could invest the money back into the company um and then it just the nineties were good. I would say the nineties were really good, mm. and and you know it grew. How many people did you have? At the height of the the boom, if we call it at the boom, um, I had eighteen people working and three part timers. Um, all in the factory here. In all Lillian. in the factory and in the showrooms. It was a combination of mm-hmm. both. Um, we were really versatile um, and very 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 busy. And then things, unfortunately, did start to 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 slow down. It was a combination of different factors with myself. Primarily, um, I had cancer about eight years ago, and this was just before the the, the crash started. 
and um, the business had to slow down a bit at that point. Um, I had no warnings. One minute I was fine, just a pain in my chest, and the next minute I had kidney cancer. So all of a sudden, um, there was a halt put on the business. Um, I am the cogs of the business. So without me being there, a lot of things don't get done. I have great team, great mm. team of work, lads working for me. But um, when you did everything from opening up, going to the clients, doing the ordering, making sure that everything ran on time, and then all of a sudden you stand back, there's a, vo- a very, yeah. very big void, yeah. especially in a small business. And... Um, Took me about six months to get back to business, back back to work, um, and from then on, then unfortunately the crash um, mm-hmm. came upon us all, and f- I have been scaling down slowly over the last seven years. I am now down to a point where I have four people in the factory, and um, there's myself, a part timer, and an intern. Then in the in the showrooms, which. In one way is great because I'm really back to basics. Mm-hmm. I'm I I love my clients. I am so lucky. My clients keep coming back to us. Um, I love being nosy. I love getting into their houses um, and just giving them real advice. And it's that real advice that it's I think people touch. yeah mm-hmm. that people are really really happy with and. You know, they know exactly that each piece mm-hmm. of furniture I make is is a good piece, a hardwood piece. it's bespoke, isn't it's it? It's bespoke yeah. and mm-hmm. it's made from scratch. And they know when they buy a piece of furniture from me that it is going to last them as long as they want it yeah. to last. Um, but it's not even just the frame that lasts. I will help them pick a fabric. So, you know, if they've um, if the furniture is going into maybe a kitchen area, um, I will show a fabric, as I call it, a yogurt-friendly, feet-up, Canabier, the Chinese, whatever is going to happen, I will pick a fabric that is actually going to work for that space rather than just picking a fabric that looks beautiful, mm. but in two years time isn't going to look well at all. Mm-hmm. But Did you um, ever think, you know, I mean, I know a lot of companies didn't fold during the recession. Yes. And you look at your business and you say, wow, Dunleary, as we know, is still pretty well on the floor. It's mm-hmm. picking up, but it is picking furniture. Up, yeah. And interiors is like is one of those businesses that really got hit because people yeah. said luxury. I can't afford I can manage. I can manage without a new sofa. I'll keep going. So really, that must have really affected oh, you. Oh, it, it, it did yeah. now. And except for um, I was an owner manager. Um, I was lucky enough to own my own property um, and I could put in the mm. hours. Without that, I know I would have folded. Um, thankfully, my children are now 19 and 21. Um, so I didn't have to be running home to make dinners. Um, but it was really hard grafting to get us through and the growth for the business, the the want and the love and knowing knowing that the business will come good again. And there is always, always people looking for good products mm-hmm. out there. Yeah. And, and, you know, people have their own style, their own wants. So it was just a matter of the hard slog of, mm-hmm. and, and to keep moving like any business yeah. that has survived, any business that has survived today has done it because of their love for their business. It's not for the income they were making. Yeah, it's for their say, love. It's to keep it going. Yeah, it's really, to keep it going. Yeah, that's yeah, it, exactly. Yeah, 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 which is a huge commitment as well. Because you're employing people as well. Well, that's, that's it. Yeah, and yeah, and, yeah. and you feel you've an onus to those people yeah. because at the end of the day, they look to you for their, their for their wages mm-hmm. at the end of the week. Mm-hmm. And a lot of responsibility. If you can't pull in the work, then they're looking at you saying, but, but 
you know, we're doing what we can do. We're here to work. But um, so, yeah, there is a huge mm. responsibility. But it, that's mm-hmm. what comes with owning your own business. Yeah. But there must be there's obviously you're, you're passionate about it. You love. Oh, you I lo- love doing it. I, yeah. I, I love the feeling of a satisfied customer. Mm-hmm. Somebody and, and, and there's nothing more satisfying than that customer or client coming back to you four or five years later to ask you to do the next room. And just that feeling is just is just mm-hmm. wonderful mm-hmm. because they just, you know, they've been really, really happy with mm-hmm. what you've done. So where do you get your customers from? I mean, do you advertise? Is it word of mouth? It's Just all word generally word, word of, of mouth. mouth. Really don't. Uh, we don't have the budget to do advertising. And even when times were good, I didn't really have the budget to do advertising, to be honest. Uh, not when you're trying to compete with the big boys, the Harvey like the Normals and or the and the Normans, IKEA yeah. and everybody um, that's around. And they are a different product to yeah. us anyway. Um, where uh, our strength is repeat and it's recommendations and repeat. And for that reason, you know, you try not to have a dissatisfied customer. Mm-hmm. You avoid it. How do you switch off? Do you switch off? No. <laughs> the answer to that one is um, no, I don't really switch off. Um, and you probably know you should. <laughs> I know. I've been told I'm supposed to do mindfulness. This, even though it's the in word mm. at the moment, but I find it very difficult to switch off. And even if I switch off from one business, I then move into Harborview, or I driving down the road and I see a building for sale. And even though I can't afford it, I'm going. Gosh, if I had that building, I know what I would do with that. Mm-hmm. I'm, my mind is always ticking. I go to bed ticking and I wake up ticking. Um, Most people like you would do that, I think. Yeah, business you know, and, and, yeah. And, and it's the buzz. That's mm-hmm. where I get my energy from. Yeah. And do you think is there a difference between men in business and women in business, women run their own business? Um, now, I have to be very careful in what one says because you can't make a generalisation. But from my, opin- my opinion as a woman... I feel women in business do have it a lot harder. Um, when my children were growing up, uh, my daughter Rebecca came in to work with me um, from about two and a half, three weeks. And she was, I breastfed. I was, I sat in the office and the lads all turned away because back then, 21 years ago, nobody really was breastfeeding, certainly not in public. Um, but Becky sat in that office and it was a cold, dank office. It was, wasn't as nice as it is now. And um, I thankfully was able to buy a house not more than five minutes away from the office. And um I would run up in the middle of the day, check on the kids. I then, a year and a half later, I had another child. And thankfully then I could afford to have somebody in looking after them. And, uh, you know, I would run up and down. Then when I was looking after Killian, my second, rather than bringing into the office, I would run up the two or three times a day to feed him and come back down again. But it's not only just the beginning of their life that you're needed. It's during... If they have to go to the doctor, it's always the woman. Generally speaking, it's always the woman that goes to the doctor. If there's a parent-teachers meeting, you know, you, you have to juggle just so many balls. It's just, it's it's unbelievable. And then when you take it to the business side, going through the recession, I know a lot of men wouldn't have maybe carried their staff as long as I had or maybe put in the hours to keep, the the you know the products coming in the orders coming in and um, they might have just 
put up their hands and said, look, this isn't worth it. Mm. Because they don't, I feel a lot of the time they don't have the same passion that a woman will have for mm. their for their business. And also there's a little bit of pride in there as well. A woman, I feel, has to work twice as hard. Well, certainly one and a half times as hard as most men to, to get, this, get to the same level. Mm-hmm. And again, we're talking generalizations yeah. here, but probably would be the case. And I think from my own experience, maybe a little bit watching this as well, particularly small businesses, is women um, even not as tough or as Very ruthless, so. yeah. as, ruthless yeah, as single-minded yeah. as men. I that would be very true because um, well women tend to be a bit more nosy and, and I'll use the word nosy in the sense no, that you uh, <laughs> you you have a different rapport with your your staff sometimes to your own detriment because it can be very hard to be the leader and to be the best friend but a lot of the time um, women do become very close friends with their staff so. If you have to check somebody, they can sometimes take it very personal or God forbid you have to let somebody go. It's extremely personal. And not only do you feel you might be letting that person go, but you're looking at the implications of what happens when you let that person go. Or it's uh, it is I, I definitely feel it's harder, definitely feel it's harder for women to. Uh, make those hard decisions yeah. because it's emotions yeah. come into it and yeah. I don't think men have those same emotions. Mm-hmm. I'm inclined to agree with you on that actually. <laughs> <laughs> and yet, you know, women are great. I don't mind the microphone here. It's moving. has its own little life here at the moment. Um, th- so in that sense, I think women, you know, they talk about women and entrepreneurs and yeah. all this stuff at the minute. A lot of reasons, I think, and this is not cynical, this is not negative, but a lot of reason women are in business themselves now is because they give up the jobs to be at home with the kids and then they create their own business in order to have that flexibility. But they're not earning anything like what the men are earning. That's right. They're not earning anything like what they would have been if they'd stayed in the the job job. And I think they don't charge enough. They kind well, of... No, okay, they that's a generalisation. You know, yeah, no, they don't value... You're right. They don't we, value themselves. Women don't themselves value enough. themselves no, don't the value same. Themselves. And they will give an awful lot of free service. Um, and as an interior designer, I do that all the time. Um, granted that does bring my clients back to me but there's a lot of clients that I would just give general free advice to but not even that women will give other women advice Um, and they will also tell they're not afraid to tell of the pitfalls that have occurred in their life or the mistakes that they have made Um, but um, Generally, women find find it very hard to walk into a room, especially if there's men in the room, and to say they are worth X, Y, and Z. Um, and it is a it is a very very big problem at the moment. And you see it with directors and big firms, and we've seen the statistics that mm-hmm. show that a a liked woman, a same a woman in business, and a similar man in the same business, the man will definitely have ten twenty percent higher wage than the woman mm. will. And it's very 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 wrong. But is, it is, is our it improving. Fault. Yeah, is it changing though? I mean, I think it's only changing because it is people are more aware mm-hmm. it's not because the woman is demanding it I think it's more because um, the statistics are out there or um, it can be seen that X is earning X and Y is then Y only earning Y mm. and it's because it's more open yeah. where years ago it wasn't as open to see mm. what what 
every other person in the firm was actually earning. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's really the big reason. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. the, the men are being pushed into a situation where they equality mm-hmm. is becoming something that has to be seen to. Yeah, and I think you need more role models as well, don't you? Well, yeah, well you models. do. And it's you, just, do. you can see it in the, in the politics but, but, but and we, see in the country yeah. now, you can. Yeah, so it's but improving. Even, even women in business who are in very high roles will say that they're, they are not earning the same money. And, and you know, and, know. and it's, um, it has to come from the top down. And I think as soon as uh, the more CEOs of big businesses that we get women mm. in, I think then you'll see it filter back down again. Yeah. Because when a woman's up there and she sees the dis- the discrepancy that's happening, then they will stand up and they'll do something about it. Yeah. Two two quick questions. Katrina, <laughs> thanks very much. What advice would you give to someone starting out on their own these days? Someone just starting out. Um, what, you, whatever age they are, at whatever age, because there is, as you yeah. rightly said, there's a lot of ladies um, who now their 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 children have reached college age and they're out on a limb and they're very very well educated, but as you say, maybe have given up fifteen, parked fifteen years of their life or even twenty years of their life, and don't have the skills to go back into business in what they were trained at. Um, And my advice to those people would be is do something that you really enjoy. The reason being is business is really difficult. And if you don't enjoy it, then there is a problem. The only thing is sometimes, like what's happened with myself, um, you will keep a business running just because you love it so much. And that is a pitfall that can occur. So what I'd say, pick a business that you're really good at but also have a really good financial controller behind you mm-hmm. because a woman is very hard to be their own financial controller. And that would be one of my, my biggest pitfalls mm. is not always looking at the financial side of something more than the, the love of so it. So that's what that an accountant or a, a management it, accountant it, or a bookkeeper? It could be a yeah. really good bookkeeper mm-hmm. that is not your best friend. Mm-hmm. It could be a really good accountant. Though a lot of people, when you're starting off at the beginning, can't you can't afford a good accountant so a really good bookkeeper who keeps you at check and pulls you aside and say look these figures aren't balancing you either have to bring up your costs or cut back somewhere um and this is right back to what you were saying that that women don't um charge enough for their services because of their grow or their love for something mm-hmm. um but a good bookkeeper or a good financial advisor will keep you in check because you don't keep yourself in check mm-hmm. and sometimes you're working nearly for nothing. Mm-hmm. Katrina Furlong, thanks very much for talking no to me. And Thank uh, you. We, we haven't even talked about Harborview here, which is a great t- turning into great success. I it's think. turning really into take, a great success. That's the business centre we're sitting in here now. That's right. Which, uh, is just it's our new baby. Yeah, because it's not even a year old no. in the sense of not open for business a year. That's, just, that's it exactly. It's really and buzzing it's, here now. Isn't it's it? buzzing. Yeah. It's mm. really and truly um, week on week. It's mm. just every week it's improving. Yeah. And we have a lot of business, women business in That's here. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Great. So it's going really yeah. well. Perfect. Katrina, Thank you. Very much. Thank, Thank you. And remember, you can get all the episodes of this podcast, Clarence Street Stories, on my website, alienomara.ie, and follow us on Twitter at alienomara. <laughs>